pastor about losing weight. So compulsory fasting I'm going to get into. I've promised a uh, few people. So thank you, pastor, for the message. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, like I mentioned before, I don't like and I don't have this habit of coming and blabbering something. Every sermon and every audience, I believe, is unique. And uh, prayerfully, I have come today because uh, I don't know, is it because of one of you, some of you, or all of you, I couldn't sleep properly. I lost, this is my fourth assignment in the last couple of days. I had to wake up at 3 a.m., I had to pray, I had to seek the Lord. So I'm sure somebody needs a word, and I'm sure somebody is going to receive a word. Amen. So if you have your Bible, kindly go to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Twenty-two through thirty-three. I will read it, brother. Thank you. Matthew chapter fourteen, verses twenty-two through thirty-three. That's a lot of reading for some of you who've not read the Bible this entire month. This will be your quota. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out of fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, be me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where did thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Let us start with a quick word of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to gather together, to worship, and to lift your name on high, Master. I pray that let your mighty Holy Spirit grip this place. Let your mighty Holy Spirit grip our hearts, Master. Anoint these lips of clay. Make these words relevant to our lives and make it revelatory. In short, I pray 
that you will speak and we will hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother, you have to give me some monitor. I'm not able to hear. Whoever is managing the sound. You know, this is a very common text. I'm sure you've heard about Peter walking on water, then drowning and Jesus Christ walking on water. It's a very familiar passage, but I want to give you a slightly different perspective, a slightly different twist to this story with the help of the mighty Holy Spirit. You know, when you read the Bible, the Lord served predominantly for three years his ministry, uh, that for the temporary period of three years that he ministered, great and mighty things took place. And what truly fascinates me is, if you read the Bible well, you will see that Christ ministered when he was present, Christ ministered when he was absent, Christ ministered when he was silent, wherever he was, he was constantly teaching his disciples. He is constantly teaching us. You know, last night I was talking about Moses and I was telling the young group that when God calls you, when he chooses you, he will call you to his boardroom. And his boardroom is not very fancy. His boardrooms will be the basements of life. He'll take you to the basement of life and he'll say, come, let's speak. I'm going to teach you something. And he calls Moses, but for 40 long years, he never spoke a word. You must remember, my dear brothers and sisters, there will be times when God teaches you through his silence. The problem with this generation is click, 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 everything has to move. I wish it was so easy. I really wish it was so easy. It makes all our jobs very easy. But you must know this truth that God teaches you through his silence. There will be times in your life when it looks like God is far away from you. It is absolutely possible. It will happen. Unfortunately, the diluted gospel that is being preached today teaches you that you come to God, everything is fine. I love it when I hear it. But the ground reality is God teaches you in different, different phases of your life. You must read the scripture portion a few verses before. You will come to know that the first time Christ performs a massive miracle in public arena. 5,000 men leaving aside the women and the children. 5,000 of them were carrying a piece of the miracle in them for the very first time. For the very first time, 5,000 people began to speak about the miracle, the power of God. 5,000 of them. They were all talking about this mighty miracle. And the Bible clearly says they had 12 baskets remaining 
and they take these 12 baskets and something interesting takes place he says now leave me alone and you guys go to the other side you know the first time when i read the scripture portion i was thinking that because this mighty miracle took place because 5000 of them were carrying a piece of this miracle he was communing with the father because these days we are praying for god to bless us but not realizing you need a strong back to bear that blessing you must have a strong core to hold that blessing Amen. you know many youngsters they're all praying crying lord bring me my boys the married sisters are praying lord take away this boys because they are not able to bear that blessing because they were not prepared enough one of the biggest problems is nobody wants to go through the process everybody wants the promise and the process can take place later but even the disciples who rubbed shoulder with the lord every day were not exempt from this training you must remember that jesus christ is on a mountain top and these disciples are far away in the ocean there's a huge distance between the lord and the group of disciples and the bible says there's a huge storm that pelts this boat you know many of us go through different storms storms in the family storms in the church i should say tsunamis in the church not storms in the church and ministry it is extraordinary you know as pious and holy as you look you know i'm telling you the truth the craziest people are inside the church you must remember the biggest storms are always inside the church and inside ministries the storms of life there are many storms that hit each of us but you know i always pray that lord at least when the storm hits me please give me some company because the the most riveting storms are the storms that you face in loneliness at least give me the benefit of facing the storm with somebody besides me there will be storms that hit your life and there was a huge storm that hit this group of people and the master teacher is not in class the boss is not available he is busy now their faith is put to test you know i want to talk about four different points because pastor has given me 90 minutes i'm just joking 30 minutes i will close so in this 30 minutes i want to talk about four different points number 1 as soon as the storm hit this group of men you must remember the bible says jesus christ appeared to them when the storms of life hit you the very first thing that you have is the presence of god every storm that hits your life 
is an absolute platform for you to understand and know the presence of God. Today we are all running away from the storm. How can your faith be tested if you don't go through a storm? If your prayer, your fasting could stop the storm, how could you know that you even had faith? You need the storms. You need the storms for you to learn and for you to come to a consensus that you are growing from one place to another place, from one realm to another realm. So the storms of life will test your faith. And the very first thing that takes place is the presence of God. Now let me tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, I need to draw a clear line here. The presence of God is available to you only when you walk with him. You cannot lead a life that pleases your flesh, that pleases your eyes, that pleases your friends, that pleases the society and expect the presence of God. If you think that you can lead a rash life and then expect the presence of God, I'm very sorry to tell you, you are just fooling yourself. When you walk with God, one of the greatest privileges that he gives you is to be in his presence. Amen. The very thought of his presence, the very sight that you can see God is more than enough. You don't need an answer. You don't need the solution. All that you need is his presence. Because the Bible says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. It is in his presence, there is healing. It is in his presence, there is breakthrough. So what you need is the presence of God. So the first thing that he reveals to this group or teaches this group is the importance of God's presence. When the storms of life hit you, when the enemy attacks your child, when the enemy attacks your health, when the enemy attacks your family, when the enemy attacks your finances, you must know and the very first thing rather you should do is to seek his presence. That is exactly what the psalmist says and does. Unfortunately, today the say-do ratio amongst believers is terrible. One life on the pulpit, one life on the pew, and a pathetic life outside. You must seek the presence of God. You know, a couple of weeks back, I got married. And most of you know, we were on honeymoon. Even during that period, at 3 a.m. I would wake up. I'm not boasting or blowing my trumpet. But just to let you know, I practice what I preach. Every day, 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m., I would wake up. 6.30, I'm out of the room. I'm out by myself. Because if I miss the presence of God that day, that entire day will go tumbling down. 
so the very first thing i seek or search is the presence of god because in his presence there is tremendous strength you must experience this for you to understand this i wish i could preach the way i hear it i wish i could tell you the way i experience it but you cannot experience it until you go through it it is absolutely amazing to spend time in the presence of god and he exposes himself in the storm the reason why some of you are going through the a specific storm is because it is time for god to expose himself to you sometimes he gets our attention only through storms because we are convenient christians when we have mighty miracles praise the lord hallelujah when the storm hits you and you are at the basement of your life you don't want to go to church no more prayer no more fasting no more praise the lord i'm done with this that's exactly what this young generation is going through absolute confusion that the enemy has released into their lives subtle deceit you know i don't know if uh, the whoever is taking care of the youth or the young group is here but one thing that the lord told me this morning you must be very careful my dear brothers and sisters there is the enemy has released certain black sheep into your young groups who is badly influencing this population my job is to tell you the truth whether you like it you don't like it it's up to you you must be on the watch out there are some bad influences the enemy is releasing into your group be on the watch out be very careful whom you are letting into your inner circle you can have only one spiritual father i know it's very fashionable these days i have three spiritual fathers two spiritual mothers five spiritual uncles six mentors but let me tell you what the bible says there was only one moses for joshua there was only one elijah for an elisha you cannot have multiple sources coming and telling you multiple things it will only confuse and take you away from god's plan so be very careful just just some freebies for you number 1 the provision of god number 2 you must always remember with the the presence of god comes the provision of god number 2 is the provision the first thing he does he reveals himself his presence is felt and everybody gets a glimpse of jehovah god and immediately peter says lord if it be so let me walk on this water and his provision comes with just one word come just one word he says come the greatest gift that you can get when you spend time in the presence of god is the provision of god 
today the problem is we are trying to find provisions we are trying to find solutions we are trying to open doors we are trying to do many things with this bird sized brains of us you know i was trembling in my shoes when i knew that i had a call to preach especially in this country because everybody has nine senses it is very easy to go to a tribal area and preach something because they are innocent people they will hear everything and commit their lives if you preach to people with nine senses you have to give them a rationality and with god there is no rationality it will never ever make sense i said lord i'm not the right candidate it is very difficult it makes me tremble in my shoe because we are always trying to find our own provision when you are in the presence of god all that you have to do is to wait for the master to release his provision he says come and the unthinkable happens never ever has history been repeated for the very first time this man called peter begins to walk on water this is the amazing grace of god he takes ordinary people and turns them and makes them to do extraordinary things i am an extra large size of an example for you if anybody tells you you don't believe in miracles tell them you saw a extra large size miracle this sunday morning you know in accounting terms i don't know how many of you are familiar there is a term called bad debts written off the moment there is something called bad debts written off you can never recover it it's done and gone that exactly was my status when i was in school and slowly but steadily god started intervening in my life but the most critical point was for me to make myself available to god timing you must be willing to give your time you must remember there was a big difference between peter and the other folks on the boat he was willing to throw it all are you willing to throw it all for god are you willing to do things that look foolish for those of you who want to be in ministry for those of you who are impressed by the glitz and the glamour that happens here i want to warn you you must be willing to look like a fool for a while you must be look willing to look stupid for a while because none of it will make sense none of it will have any rationality behind it but you must be willing to do certain things and the bible very clearly says the moment the lord tells peter the bible records that you must remember it's not a small size boat for all these folks to be on a boat it must have been pretty large the bible very clearly says peter stepped down and peter came down 
in order for god to perform a miracle in your life you must be willing to step down you must be willing to come out of the crowd that you are surrounded with you cannot be surrounded with clutter and expect god to do great things the bible says that he stepped down the boat are you willing to humble yourself humility has become a rare commodity these days you know i was also telling the youngsters yesterday if there is one specific thing that warns me that there is no reason for me to get puffed up at any given point in my life the very thought of god stripping me the bible says god stripped saul he says saul this day i have stripped the kingdom from you it is very painful my dear brothers and sisters if god strips things from your life even your enemies will start weeping for you so it is best that you strip yourself every day in the presence of god amen and he steps down he was willing to do the most ridiculous thing you know this time for my marriage my aunt had come down my mom's younger sister from the day i've been in ministry all my family members would ridicule and make a mockery out of me look at this fellow monday to friday he is running for work friday saturday sunday ministry and it is very embarrassing because people will put you on a spot especially if you say you are in ministry people love to put you on a spot and you know i'm i'm least or nowhere close to such talented people so they would ask me you went for ministry i'll say yes do you play the piano no do you play the guitar no do you sing no can you give a sermon no so all of them become very suspicious what in the world is this fellow saying and doing in the name of ministry but you must be willing to do the ridiculous stuff and she would always tell me you're making a fool of yourself the money you are wasting your time you are wasting so this time when i met her i told her i want to drill this message deep into your heart that everything that i did god was making record of it when the due time came it does not say due time due time d u e in due time god will release certain things into your life and those blessings in itself will answer all your critics you must be willing to look like a fool especially this young generation i want you to hear me loud and clear you cannot follow what the society says unfortunately we are following the norms of the society rather than we setting the norms for the society i met this young boy who was a praise and worship leader there were so many questions to ask the only question he had why can't i drink wine and then do all of this i said what do you mean brother i didn't understand social drinking 
you know lot of things came to my mind i said lord give me patience you know mike tyson spirit came into me i had to just meditate breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out for some time and we had a lengthy conversation and i told this young man don't let the enemy fool you this body that god has given you is the holy temple where god resides where the mighty holy spirit resides if you defile this temple if you defile any time at any given point if you defile this temple don't expect the holy spirit to reside in you and the moment the holy spirit leaves you you know who is going to come in your friends called evil spirits so you have a choice i know it's not going to make me popular i know you're not going to call me again i know i'm going to be on your blocked contact list but the devil is a liar and let me drill this deep into you if you come here there were people who sacrificed their lives who were hung upside down for the sake of gospel their blood will speak up their blood will surely speak because the bible says that the blood was speaking and the blood will speak and ask you to give every single act of yours it will ask you to justify so be very careful the reason i'm saying this you know i'm really pained and the burden is killing me with the young group the moment you try telling all of this they'll pack their bags and run away but you must learn to do the extraordinary you cannot be part of the society my dear brothers and sisters you cannot let the society give you the norms to do this gospel work peter clearly shows you and me that he was willing to humble himself come down from this clutter come down from this group and guess what happens the unthinkable takes place he begins to walk on water but you know the enemy is constantly at war the enemy is constantly trying to turn our focus away to something else you know if you look back at your life 99% of the times the things that you were worrying about the things that you were having sleepless nights about the things that were killing your peace 99% of the time it wouldn't have happened but you would have lost everything you would have lost your sleep lost your peace and that is exactly what the enemy wants that is why the great apostle paul says that you must renew your mind and he says i have one big prayer for you not prosperity not jingling mingling not fellowship gossiping healing none of this he says i have one big prayer for you may the eyes of your understanding be opened may the eyes of your understanding be opened until and unless your spiritual eyes are opened you will continue to come here warm these pews 
every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, add maybe 100 grams to your body, maybe read a few books and become even more intellect and get more degrees than a thermometer. But in your spiritual life, you will continue to be a big cipher. Until and unless your spiritual eyes are opened. I want to ask you, how many of you are praying, Lord, open my spiritual eyes? How many of you are speaking or asking God for things in the spiritual realm? You know why the enemy is deceiving all of us? Because we don't realize whatever we ask and pray about, it first has to be bound in heaven. And that is what the Lord's prayer tells you. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If God does not bind your blessing in heaven, it can never be yours on earth. No matter how much you chase it, he has to bind it in heaven. And then you receive it on earth. And as soon as this man started seeing the storms, the distractions of life, the Bible says he started to drown. And that is exactly what is happening to this young generation. Distractions. We have many prophets these days. We have many, many apostles these days. 30 years they are apostles. Absolute nonsense. Who call themselves prophet. The problem is we don't know which fire is from heaven and which fire is from hell. The distractions of life are dragging this young generation down. But the amazing grace of God. From the presence to the provision, the third point, the power of God. Instantly, the moment he started drowning, God picks him up. His mighty power picks him up. You know, that is why I always tell the mother's. The mother's prayer is the most powerful prayer. You know why the young sisters these days are not praying? They spend more time in YouTube with vlogging and blogging and all the other nonsense. Because they are not thinking about the generations to come. Short-mindedness. Short-sightedness. Because we've all become narcissists. All about I, me, myself. Who cares about next generation? Work hard, party hard. That is exactly what is being drilled into this young generation. Because none of the young women know the power of prayer. The power of the mother's prayer. It has tremendous power to raise the next generation up. God's power is released. And this is the last point. I'm going to just take two more minutes, Pastor. The last point from the presence to the provision to the power comes the purpose of God. All of this storm, all of this that he witnessed, the glimpse, the presence of God, the provision of God, he sees the power of God for one reason. To find out the purpose of God. Why did God allow this storm? 
what was it god was trying to teach this young group and the bible says he makes sure that he walked with peter to the boat and the moment they stepped onto the boat the storm ceased could it be possible that the storms that the enemy has released into your life the storms that the enemy has released into the next generation of your family the storms that have been released in your work life in your ministry in your church could it be possible that all of this was a setup for you could it be possible that god was trying to show you your purpose the last thing i want to say in close when you read the book of first samuel chapter 17 the bible says you know about it david and goliath david was all set to be pushed from obscurity to notoriety but you know when all of this happened if you read the 17th chapter very closely the bible says that when his brother started condemning him character assassinating him he asks them one question is there not a cause the moment he uttered this words the moment he understood that goliath was not about him the moment he understood that this battle was for a cause doors started opening till that time david was an ordinary shepherd boy an ordinary errand boy but the moment he found the cause doors started opening i want to ask you have you found your cause have you found your purpose have you found why god has given you this amazing health and wealth and prosperity is it just because of you or is it for a cause because if you don't know your purpose you know joshua beautifully says it or rather god tells joshua joshua i want you to have good success <laughs> you know my sunday school teachers didn't teach me all this they only taught me about success and failure nobody told me there was something called good success which means there is also bad success you can win as much trophies as you want you can get as much wealth as you want but if you don't accomplish the task that god has placed on your life you cannot have good success only when you accomplish god's tasks in your life can you have good success and only then can you fulfill your purpose and finally the bible says they all started worshiping they all started worshiping god you know i want the young folks to understand what worship means for us worship is the singing all this is amazing but what does the bible say about worship when you get a chance read genesis chapter 22 verses 5 and 6 the very first time the word worship was introduced to the world by a man called abraham 
and you know what he takes for worship three things makes no sense but this is what true worship is you know many people say the moment you start worshiping brother you get god's attention you know when you get god's attention when you worship with these three things he takes wood he takes fire and he takes a knife the wood refers to dead wood not green wood this dead wood refers to those dead testimonies or the dead habits or the dead things that god brought you out of whenever you start worshiping the first thing you need to take with you are your testimonies you got to take the dead wood number 2 you must take fire it does not say he took matches and he took gasoline the fire was already lit up the second thing you need for effective worship is the mighty holy spirit Amen. the third thing that he takes he takes a knife why would you take a knife for worship have you ever thought about it as many testimonies you have as many bad things that god brought you out of all of us are sinners and every day when we run into god's presence to worship him we must take that knife with us which is this two edged sword knife the word of the most high god you must take this so that god gets rid of that dirt and filth that you come with every day into his presence i want to guarantee you and i want to challenge each of you try worshiping god like this and if you don't see results please call me you need to take dead wood you need to take the mighty holy spirit and you need to take the word of the most high god with you and then the bible says he's got god's attention so remember these four points number 1 the presence of god number 2 the provisions of god number 3 the power of god number 4 what is it the purpose that god has in your life so i want to leave these few points for your consideration and i pray that god will drill this deep into your heart and that you may worship him in truth and in spirit god bless you